What's good, NBA family? Welcome back to another episode of the Clutch Talk podcast slash YouTube slash we do it all. As always, I'm your host, John. Very happy to be here. And we doubling back. I think this is the third or fourth time where he's on the show again, man. Great guy. Knowledgeable dude. Hot take J. 408. My dog, Jason Gray. What's the deal? How you doing? Man, I'm uh, excited to get into a trade deadline coming up, man. I love listening to your show. I love being a part of your show and just... Uh, you're my little two cents. Uh, talking hoops. We oh. love having you on, Jay. That's that, that. That's what I'll say for that. And you one of my you one of my favorite people. Just to you know, get on the show and just have some good, knowledgeable hoop conversations. So happy to have you on. As always, uh, for the family out there, if you guys want to stay up to date with everything that Jay's got going on, it'll be linked in the description down below. He's been dropping some videos on the YouTube, man, and they're very knowledgeable, man. So check them out. I'll have it linked in the description down below. And for us, y'all know what it is, man. If you new, make sure you smash that subscribe button. Come join the family. Returner, we happy to have you. But let's go ahead and get into it, man. I mean, week 15, we just wrapped up week 15 in the NBA because uh, today is Sunday, February 4th. Um, so let's go ahead and start off with some news around the league. I think um, one of the biggest news is that this week and week 15, we got we saw the full all-star all-star roster got revealed uh, for my people, my folks on YouTube. I will have that up right there for you. But for my folks on podcast, don't you worry. I got you. I'm going to go ahead and uh, run off the teams. We know we know what the Western Conference and Eastern, Eastern Conference starters are. But this week, uh, we got revealed with the reserves. So I'm going to go ahead and run off the reserves for the East. We got Bam Adebayo. We got Paula Bancaro. We got Jalen Brown, Jalen Brunson, Tyrese Maxey, Donovan Mitchell, Julius Randle. For the West, we got Devin Booker, Stephen Curry, Anthony Davis, Anthony Edwards, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, and Carl Anthony Towns. So my brother, I want to give you the floor first. Let me get some of your thoughts on uh, some of these re- re- reserves. Um, for the most part, um, it's it's subjective. I think that they got it right for the most part. I think that there's one or two questionable, but it always comes back to that winning versus all-star, right? And so how much um, is winning, you know, should it be rewarded with some of these names in here? So like that's that's kind of like the constant annual debate from from my vantage point for the most part i wasn't really i didn't think there was anything egregious uh that stuck out what would you would you think i mean big snubs i mean there are there are some snubs (laughs) which we're we're gonna get into here in a bit but i mean as far as like first reaction first thoughts i mean dog like the league is so talented like there's only 12 there's only 12 spots so there's bound to be some snubs right so that that, that's kind of exactly what i what i want to get into with you uh because like i said there's only 12 roster spots for each team the league is at an all-time high i mean i don't know jay you've been watching basketball for a little bit longer than me have you ever seen the nba at a better talent level than this right here or no i don't think so I, i I don't think so. And I saw a little snippet from JJ Reddick. I don't know if you saw it online where he was talking about them opening it up to 15 spots. Which right? they should. Which and they should. I, I agree. So think about it like this. When they open it up to like Vegas and Seattle, mm-hmm. right? That's that's 12 new active rosters, 15 roster spots. So won't you wouldn't you think it should be commensurate that that all-star recognition should be scaled up a little bit to calibrate for that, right? It should. It know. should. And 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 the, and the worst part of it is, Jay, that like some of these players like won't make it like um like, you know, we'll get into a little bit more in depth. But like a De'Aaron Fox like won't make it and that will heavily um, affect his contract and incentives. And it's just like he only doesn't make it because of how great the league is right now and because there's only 12 spots. So, I mean, it's it's a real tricky situation, but exactly like how I mm-hmm. said, um, you know, with the league being at an all-time high with the talent level, I do want to get into uh, some of the biggest snubs that we've got. So, as the guest, I do want to give you the floor, and I want to know, Jay, who's your mm. biggest snub of this year's All-Star game? <clears throat> biggest snub. So, first off, I'm going to make sure I set the tone here because I don't believe in in, in complaining about problems without presenting solution. a solution, I like right? That. But yeah. it also goes the same way in reverse. I'm not going to talk about a snub without saying who he should made it over, right? That's not okay. even fair. That's not even like like it's if real. we're just going to have a a real conversation, right? It's real. So for me, I would. Ah, <laughs> oh, here you go. You know, go here I, you go. You know, here I'm we going... go. 
you already know, like for me, Jalen Brown, like I'm just coming at him. Yeah. And it's like, like, like he, <laughs> the most, he's not the second most important person on his team. And I'm not, Damn. they could be the, so if Boston, if their record justifies two, I'm going with Porzingis. I'm going, you know, a lot of clamoring for Derek White out there. And I am, yeah, maybe you could even argue Drew, but I mean, the second best wing on the team, like it don't, uh, I'm going to say Jay. Jalen Brown. I ain't gonna lie, Jay. Ever since you came on the show, you've been giving you've been giving Jalen Brown a whole bunch of strays. <laughs> I ain't gonna lie, Jay. I have been. I have been. And they're not they're not gonna stop. And again, let me be clear. Jalen Brown, I think, is like worth 35 to 40 million okay. on a team where he is the best wing. Okay. Right? That's no slouch. And I think that he could earn that and be an annual all-star. And I like his game, but what he does best, Jason Tatum does better, and the team, the depth, the money, the 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 skill set versus Porzingis and Derek White and and Drew Holiday. I just I don't thirty five to forty million dollars on another team where he's the best wing. That's how I feel about him. If that's shade, then that's just shade. That's just what it is. But I'm just keeping it a buck. Just like yeah, just like your poster says in the back. I yeah. may be wrong, but I doubt it. <laughs> so I feel it. But, but so Jay, the, so the person, who's your biggest love then. No, so who's your biggest snub? My my biggest snub to me, to me, I'm gonna say Scotty Barnes, and that's not cool to say, but like, like to me, Scotty Barnes should have been an All Star. Yeah, because like you could go down the list and you could say Derek White, you could say Trey Young, but like, like for me, I I think Scotty Barnes is a star. His he's 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 gonna blow up, and the criticism for him is that their team stinks i don't hold all-star judgments based off of your team okay. if your situation is messed up like steph's is with gold state i'm not I'm not going to give you a demerit for that okay. so i go straight off of i go straight off of that and so you could go you can go with the with with the with the porzingis you could go with the Derek white you can go with the trey youngs out there um in the west and i was kind of fixated on the east right there um in the west you could go with De'Aaron fox but but uh, my biggest one, I'm gonna say, Scotty Barnes. Scotty. All right, just, I'm, yeah. You ready for this, brother? My biggest yeah, snub for the please. 2024 All Star Game is none other than Demontis Sabonis. I mean, the man is putting up a career high in points at 20 points per game. Okay. Career high in rebounds at 13 rebounds per game, assists eight assists per game, leading the NBA in double doubles, second in triple doubles. First in rebounds, six in assists, and check this out, brother. He's been durable. He's only missed two games so far this season. Okay. And guess what? The Kings are sitting in the fifth seed. The Kings are sitting in the fifth seed. I think it is absolute an atrocity, the fact it that no Kings players. Like, so, okay, Sabonis, maybe, all right, you know, there's there's a – there's a there's a lot of big big there's a lot of great bigs around this league. Maybe he doesn't make it, but I still think that's the one of the biggest snubs. But Darren Fox, that's another one of the biggest snubs. Also, career high in points, 27 points per game, shooting 46 46% from the field. Also, career high in three-point percentage, 37% from the three-point line. And guess what, Jay? I'm gonna say it again. Durable and available, and the Kings are in a fifth seed. There is no reason Question. that those two players shouldn't have made it. What's up? Question. Okay. So I'm with you 1,000%. A king, a Sacramento king should be on there. Um, my question to you is Sabonis 1A or 1B on that team? 1B. De'Aaron Fox is 1A. So so then why would you not say the biggest snub is De'Aaron Fox? Then? I mean, look at the guards. <laughs> is it a guard? Is a guard? Is a guard to forward thing? Who, 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 who are you going to, who are you going to replace? No, who are you going right. to, what no, guardy would you take right. out? So, I mean, if you look at it from that that logic, right, and you yeah. have to have a balance of of bigs to big the guards on the league, then then I, I get it. Um, and a Sacramento King should be on there. Um, and that's my and biggest, it does get hairy. No, I was gonna say like that's my biggest issue with just like <clears throat> just this year's All Star Game. It's like with only twelve roster spots and the league being at an all time high with talent level. Sometimes it's like, yo, you did deserve that All Star spot, but it's like. Who am I going to take out? Because you didn't deserve it more than Shea. You didn't deserve it more than Luca. You didn't deserve it more than Booker. You didn't deserve it more than yeah. Curry. You know what I'm saying? So the list can or, go on. Or Ant. 
or and like there you go right i mean bro you you can legitimately make an argument which i think you have made we were texting about it yeah. that it started but it's like okay how are you going to take out Luca? How are you possibly going to take out SGA mm -hmm. when they are ex exceeding ex expectations, when they are balling out on an insane level? I mean, so it just becomes tough. So if you're putting Anthony Edwards, the man who's in the number one seat for the, for the team, has a number one defense right now, and he's anchoring the offensive end and the defensive end, you're going to put him on the bench. It's kind of hard to bring in a De'Aaron Fox. Yeah. Like that's my issue with this year's All-Star yeah. game, and that's why I am sick and tired of this 12 roster spots. Let's push it to 15. I agree, one thousand percent. All right, brother, and uh, let's. I want to talk about Trey Young real quick because Trey Young. Look, man, okay. I'm not the biggest Trey Young fan. I'll be honest. Like, I, I think he's a. We talk about this all the time off camera. Like one of those ball um, centric players who, like, he really, really needs a ball in his hands. And Trey Young is honestly. Mm -hmm. A defensive liability, not that great off ball. He really needs a ball in his hands. And when he's not hidden, he shoots his way out of it, which as a basketball player, totally understand. You got to shoot your way out of slumps. But sometimes he shoots his way, like gets way too much tunnel vision, shoots his way out of slumps. But what I want to talk about is the fact that right now he's putting up 27 points per game, 11 rebounds on 37% from the three-point line. But what I think is crazy, and, I, and ch check this out, check this stat right here out, Jay. He has this year when he got snubbed for the All-Star game, this is a he's becoming the second player in NBA history to be averaging more than 25 points per game or and more than 10 assists per game and keeping a, at least a 55% or better true shooting percentage and get snubbed from the All-Star game. He's the second player in NBA history to do that. Do you know who the only other player to do that is? Somebody that was catching catching hate for no reason, but go ahead. Trey Young last year. <laughs> it was Trey Young. <laughs> it was okay. Trey Young last okay. year, dog. It was Trey Young last year and this year. He's the only player in NBA history to be putting up these insane efficient numbers and not and, and get snubbed. And then here is where we can loop this back to where you started the how you started the pod and you said winning clearly matters like to, to this year's all-star game because it has yeah. to be record. Because if it's about individual stats, the boy is putting up efficient numbers and he's just not winning. But I don't know. So I wanted to just talk to you about that. How do you feel about that? Um, to answer the in short, I agree with it. Mm -hmm. um, in in the, my more in-depth answer is I I hoped and I expected more from Trey Young. Look, first off, let me say this. I have been the biggest Trey Young fan since he came in the league. Like I was one of the truthers that like I bought all the shares that I could buy. I defended him at every turn. And my biggest thing was when he when he grows up a little bit, get a little bit more tenure, and they get somebody to allow him to play off the ball, we're gonna see the best of Trey Young. And I was spoiled with Steph. I was spoiled watching him take pride in doing some Reggie Miller stuff off the ball, right? And so I just assumed that when Trey Young started losing, got a little bit more tenure, and then they got another ball handler, he'd back up. And since then, I've watched Tyrese Halliburton do everything that I think he's capable of doing. To be clear, I think Trey Young is a top five offensive player in the league. I think when you ask as much of an offensive player as you do, you can give them some leeway on on defense to chill or even when you're off ball to just kind of lay in the cut for a bit but he does nothing off nothing. the ball nothing nothing off the ball and then he doesn't like he doesn't garner like the the leadership the love from the rest of his teammates you know mm -hmm. you can see sometimes his body language is bad and it's just like so when i go in on him I'm holding him to a different standard because I just feel like, like he could be it. Yeah. And he, I think he's a top five offensive player in the game easy. And it allows for some big concessions on the defensive end because of what he can do. But he's been underwhelming, disappointing. And I'm not going to give you extra credit for these stats that you do when your usage is that high. Mm -hmm. And this is a whole, whole nother segment going into Luca, whatever. But the, 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 just, the gist of it is, is there's some intangible that Trey's missing and that stigma against him might be unfair to mm -hmm. a point, but 
it's the only way he's going to grow. So I'm with it. Yeah. No, I'm 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 with it, brother. Um, I I love what you I love what you, you know the point you brought up about Trey Young just not really doing much off ball. That that's been about my Nothing. biggest that's been my my biggest qualm with him because it's like, all right, I get it if you're shooting from Stephen Curry range, shooting from the parking lot, like we gotta step up on yeah. you. But this, this this cannot be a thing where on the other end we're playing four on five, and then if you don't have the ball in your hand, you're just kind of just standing you're there also- like just you're just kind of just standing there at 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 the damn near half court line waiting to get a three. Like, dog, there is no fluidity in this offense. Like that just that just won't work. Look at Nothing. Stephen Curry, and that's why, like how you said, Stephen Curry <laughs> spoiled this because people that don't really watch the game think that maybe that's what Stephen Curry do. But who that boy move off the ball? That boy do not stop moving off the ball. As as a matter of fact, so not only that, there's two other things. So like one. He is happy to support the team in any way that he can, even when he's not touching the ball. Just, pr- just taking pride in being a decoy. Yeah. And then two, his effort, he's not a plus defender, but he takes pride in not being a, a negative yeah. defender, right? Be standing in the right spot. Be engaged. You know what I'm saying? Like he just, I'm like, some of the clips that I see from him is like, everybody's got low lights, but his mm. are like, mm. Now you use the trying right. gang, <laughs> like I feel you. <laughs> but all right, brother. So yeah. and then last, uh, last little like my, my last little two cents with the All Star roster. Um, I think the only other player. So like I said, I think Sabonis and De'Aaron Fox were the two like by far biggest snubs. Um, Trey Young, a little bit of sm- less of a snub, but put still putting up great numbers on the high efficiency. Maybe a snub. And then the last snub that I could say is a step below Trey Young because also losing record, but big time numbers. Laurie Marketing. 23 points per game, ooh, eight rebounds. Ooh, good one. 49% from the field, 39% from the three-point line, 87% from the free throw line. And we're talking about a big that do it all, brother. Like, he rim, rim runs, shoot threes, block shots, takes out of foul trouble, doesn't turn the ball over much. And, yes, the Jazz are sitting in the 10th seat at the time of recording, but not to his fault. And if it was, and if he wasn't there, they'd be damn near dead last in the league. So that's it. And then everybody else, brother, like, you know, the, the Brandon Ingrams, the Jamal Murray's, the Rudy, uh, Rudy Gobert's, all those guys were not snubs. Like I said, guys, the league is at an all time high with town level. We're going to, the cutoff is going to have to be somewhere. And I think that cutoff yeah. is right there. Maybe even at Trey young, to be honest, but I had to give Laurie and Trey a little bit of love because the individual play. To me, marking and sticks out like a sore thumb as far as a snub because like to me you remember that question you asked me about starters um in the, when we were getting into starters over the east and i said jalen brunson over mitchell and tyrese Maxey. and there's sometimes there's an intangible thing about like reviving a complete city and you're the 1a right so i give credit to that even when utah's record's a little bit more mid than um then the rest, I'm like, Los Angeles, do they need to? It's a balance. Their overall record versus their um, versus the the raw star power. And I just marking in like you hit the nail on the head, bro. He's like, he's the he's the face of this Utah uh, revitalization going yeah. on. And he's so and he's nice too. He'd be trying to nice. yam on everybody, banging out the three. He's just like he's. I like yeah. him. I like him. I like him a lot, brother. So, and then last question here is who do you take out? So if you had to take out one, who do you take out from? Because I think that the only possible person for me to take out, I'll be honest, from the West is Cat and from the East is Randall. And not even because of the injury. I'm talking about just like play-wise. If I had to take somebody out. Uh, you know, I thought about that one. Um, Cat would be a, the, the three on the bubble. And that, that three bubble is kind of like closer, in my opinion, was was uh ad and pg-13 not that their numbers ain't commensurate with it but when i look at like what an all-star what i just got done talking about laurie marketing it's not that pg-13 ain't it and if it was going to 15 but if i had to choose like i it, it would be cat ad and ad not that they're not both falling out but to be where the lakers are and yeah. both of them have been like the, i only got room for one yeah, yeah, we're not, gonna grandfather. We're gonna grandfather LeBron. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, it, that that is tricky because it's like, how are you not gonna bring tricky. LeBron? So, so, and then, yeah. and then, when then with the season Anthony Davis is having, like, how are you also I know, not gonna right? bring him? So, I know. so yeah, so that, it's not even. I don't even. This yeah. ain't even hate on AD. Bro. Yeah, I hear, I, I hear you. I hear you, brother. 
I hear you. All right, brother. So let's go ahead and keep it pushing. Let's get some, some more news around the league. Uh, so we just seen that Joel Embiid is set to miss some more games because of his left knee lateral meniscus tear. He's already missed 12 games so far, uh, which brings him very close to that 65-game rule um, Sixty-five game rule mark, which basically means for those of you guys that aren't like in tune with the league and what the, all that's going on is, um, if a player doesn't play at least sixty-five games or more, they are not eligible for any awards, so MVPs, All NBAs, all that. So, strictly with the Joel Embiid situation, like how does that make you feel? And then we could get into other players and all that, but just with this Embiid situation, how does that make you feel? Uh, unfortunate. Um. And I wish it wasn't that way. Um, however, where everybody's talking about the rule being messed up, um, I'm looking at it like they had they set out with a very clear agenda to stop the gray area load management. Not your real load management. I'm talking about the ones where you're like, hey, I'm finna call in sick. Cause I'm kind of like on the bubble, but um, you know, we're just gonna grease the wheels for the playoffs type of, kind of thing. And it's been working. Mm-hmm. It's been working. They set out what they what they uh they're they're executing what they set out to be. But there's they didn't they didn't factor this in for Tyrese Halliburton. Mm-hmm. They didn't factor this in for Joel Embiid to to be crushing it in in 70 of the games he's playing. Um, I think it's unfortunate, but I I never look at a rule like that and say there's not, like Joe Dumar said, unintended consequences. Look, bro, I'm going to get off on a little rant. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. I'm going to get ahead. off on a little rant, Jay. I'm going to be honest with you, all right? Please, go. I think this rule is absolutely stupid, especially for Joel Embiid, because check this out. Joel Embiid right now is averaging 35 points per game, okay? The last person I remember seeing doing that was Kobe Bryant in, I believe, the 05, 06 season, right? He's averaging 35 points per game right now, 11 rebounds, 5 assists, shooting 53% from the field, okay? He has – if you've been watching the NBA, you've been watching the 76ers, there is – no way you can come to a conclusion that any other player in the NBA has been playing better than him. He has just been playing so dominant, been getting literally whatever he is, whatever he wants. So how can the MVP not go to him? Like, just for real, like, can someone explain to me how it can not go to him? Because if it goes to anybody else, if it goes to any other player in this league, in my opinion, there will forever be an asterisk next to it. It's like you only got it because Joel didn't play enough. Because Joel didn't play enough games, and that's the little CBA yeah. rule. But that is it is just the absolute most stupid rule. And let me get into a little bit more, especially for Joel Embiid, because right now, brother, this is a lose lose situation for Joel Embiid. Okay, if he doesn't play, he and because he wants to rest and get ready for what actually matters, which is winning Larry O'Brien, then he can't. He's not eligible to win an MVP, which. Years down the line, when people who did not watch this uh this season didn't know how dominant he was, they'll just look at the numbers. Oh, he didn't he didn't get that MVP. Oh, he didn't get that MVP, right? But if he does play, then he's risking is even more injury, further injury, and he's risking maybe being able to compete for the Larry O'Brien down the road. And if he does play through injury, he just won't be able to, to perform at the same level. We we're athletes, we know once you have that injury, you just cannot play at that same level. But with that being said, I do understand the reasoning behind the rule because, like, you know, if we look back and like back in the day when Jordan and all these players played back in the day, like you could go on basketball reference and find that Jordan played a couple of 82 game seasons. Like there was a couple of players who just played all 82 games um, mm-hmm. back then. Nowadays, not very not, um, not very common that you see players do that. But like I said, I just think it forces players in a very weird predicament because, like, I just gave you the example for Joel Embiid, either he plays um and risks the Larry O'Brien by not being able to play at, at his best, right? Because he's playing through injury, or he doesn't mm-hmm. play and risks and risk his MVP. Now let's look at the Tyrese Halliburton situation because I, I love how you brought up the Halliburton situation. Because look, in his contract, he can make an extra 41 million if dog makes an if bro makes an all NBA team. But if he doesn't play, then if he doesn't play at least 65 games, then he can't make an all-NBA team. So now you're indirectly saying, Tyrese Halliburton, I'm going to force you to make a decision of are you going to be selfish and mm-hmm. play through these games and play injured and not play as well? And, I mean, I don't know if you've been watching Pacers, but TJ McConnell has been starting and Tyrese Halliburton has been coming off the bench. Come on, come on, come on, come on. You just, you just made I don't even really want to interrupt you like that, but when you say not play well, 
that is not the only penalty when you that is not the only consequence potential consequence when you play through an injury like that see kevin durant in the playoffs towards the end of the year when he tore that achilles mm-hmm. because he went out too early i'm apologize for interrupting no, but no, that's no. not the only when you when you come out there early that's what you're risking that's the real opportunity cost of it going all bad go ahead please absolutely so exactly right even that Thank you for even adding that to my point. And then on top of that, so if Tyrese Halliburton doesn't play those 65 games, then he's basically just saying, yep, I'm going to leave $41 million on the table. Mm-hmm. But if he does play, like how you said, he's risk, risking injury and he's just not playing at, at at the same level. And I just think that like you're just you're, you're literally forcing him to make a selfish decision because I'm going to tell you straight up me. I'm playing coach. Put me out there for 20 minutes a game. I'm getting yeah. my 41 million. I don't care. I, you, yeah. you, some 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 players are more uh, like how um, you know LeBron James and Dwayne Wade were when they went to the Heat, where they're like, oh, you know, we're, we're more worried about winning. But remember when Carmelo Anthony, he could have gone to the Heat, but he'd rather stay on the Knicks so he could sign a supermax. He's like, I'm trying to get all my money. Yeah. So, dog, yeah. all I'm saying is the rule's stupid because you're forcing players in a in no. a tough predicament. No, but no. So let me put you on the spot because, like I said, I I agree and I understand. The thing here is, is that teams, let me ask you, let me, let me set this, the tempo for the, the, the response I'm looking for. The tough question I want to ask you, do you believe prior to this year that teams were abusing the load management on the other end of the spectrum? Yes. Like star players playing one away game in any given city and choosing to sit because not just playoff, whatever, but just started abusing it. Yes. And do you believe that that happened? I, I do. Be- I believe it's it's not a good idea when you go like, when you're like, oh, I'm not going to play tonight because I want to prevent injury. Like, if you're like, I'm not going to yeah. play tonight because I'm injured, totally different story. But if you're saying like, oh, I'm not going to play tonight because I want to prevent injury, then that's then that's not cool. But, dog, yeah. but, or, or, but Jay, or do you think it was, or do you think that that happened because of non-basketball stuff, we're talking about human beings here, dude. We're talking about like, oh, I'm just Bro, gonna low yeah. manage tonight. But the real issue is, you know, I'm just, I'm just not. I, hey, I'm hardening. I was at the club last night. I'm just gonna post up here real quick. Where, whatever. Like, you can't tell me that did not happen. No, it did. Until this past it, year, it did. But part, part. Okay, but th- then then that's then that falls on the players, dog. Because real quick, pardon yeah. my language, but f that, dog. Like, bro. <laughs> You you think I could just call into my boss and be like, "Yo, I'm so sorry. I was out way too late last night, and I, I'm just I'm just I'm just gonna not work today. I'm just uh, I'll be but there, but I'm just not gonna day. work." You don't do that. You just call in. I, hey, I'm gonna use a sick day right now. That's I'm I'm all I'm saying is that the league was put in a funky spot because load management was going too far, and I believe that putting players like Tyrese. And Joel Embiid in a position to have to play—that's not the answer. Like, like the sixty-five game rule is pretty clearly not the answer right now. But they still have to figure out the solution to that piece of it, which is people just goosing this whole this whole load management thing because it was going, it was getting out of pocket. Can but can we meet in the middle maybe and say like there's there's a minimum of games you have to play, but let's not just rip MVPs and rip $41 million from, from, <laughs> from financial ramifications. You're yeah, right. like that's crazy, Financial ramifications bro. is crazy. It bro, is. $41 million is crazy, Jay. Come on, dog. Even it if is. you even if you got money, bro, like, come on, it that's is. crazy. And to be clear, what it is, it's over the span of like five years. So he'll, his max is determined by making the All-NBA. And so that's five and then seven and then you get your your raises so over the course of a five years 41 million but it's to be determined at the beginning of that contract and not get it yeah that's that you can't have somebody risking long-term serious ramification injury uh because they're chasing money because of this new rule yeah that's yeah. crazy that's crazy all right brother so let's let, let's go ahead and keep it pushing here and let's get to our next segment of the show here and that is a very fun game that is called start bench cut We've all played this, you know, when we've been in high school, middle school, you know, just sitting there talking around with your friends. And right now we're not talking, you know, all time. We're talking just based on this season. So forget what they did last year. Forget what they did a couple of years ago. 
Let's look at what they did this season. So let's go ahead and get into this. That's cool with you, my brother. Mm-hmm. All right, let's That's... get it. Let's get it. This is this is gonna be a tough one. I, Jay, I'm gonna hit you with some Jay. This is like I was I was trying to figure some of these out, and I'm like, I don't even think I know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I know. So let me hit you with the first one, Jay. I saw. Okay, here we go. Star bench cut. SGA, Anthony Edwards, or Jason Tatum. I'm putting you in a tough predicament. I don't like how you like because it's just gonna come off as shade and slander and all this other. Like I don't like. (sighs) All right. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry, Jay. That's what we do over here at Clutch Talk, man. We ask the hard hitting questions. I know, right? Because I just um. I love Jason Tatum's game. You know when they started out like that. <laughs> <laughs> you know when they started out like that. Let me let me sandwich it with some good, and then you throw in the middle. I'm like, so I love Jason Tatum's game, um, but yeah, I knew the belt. Uh, yeah, but um, I'm sorry, SGA is is a starter, clear cut, like like. There's only one question to be said about SGA at this point, which is, um, and I want to, I mean, I'm sure I'll bring this up again, but my only question is when they start swallowing the, the whistle a little bit in the playoffs, how effective and how efficient is he going to be? That's it. Other than that, he's my starter. I, I, I don't think there's much to be said about why, um, and that's him. Um, then it comes down to Ant and JT. And I think Ant, like he is, I mean, no fear. I mean, he did he did sell a couple uh, free throws. Uh, was that a week or two ago? Yep. But he did sell on those. I, I I I think he fears no man in the league, and he is he is relentless. His his in between game, his like his pull up is a lot better, a lot smoother than I than I ever thought it would be, and um and so. It, with JT, it comes down to his efficiency. I don't know if it's ever going to quite be at the level of some of the most efficient in the league. And while he is a better, more committed defender, um, I, 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 this isn't shade towards him. I just, I just like Shay and, and Ant just a little bit more. That's real, bro. And I am right there with you, dog. I'm absolutely starting <laughs> SGA without a question of doubt. I mean, out of the three, he's played the most games at 48. He's yeah. averaging the most points, the most assists, the most steals, the most blocks, yeah. the best free throw percentage, and the best field goal percentage. And by the way, his field goal percentage is like drastically better than both uh, um, Ants and Jason Tatum's. SGA is at 54% from the field, while Tatum is at 47 and Anthony Edwards is at 46. So that is like that, that is a huge jump. And what is your what's up? Go ahead. No, no, no. I was just I was just, I was gonna say, like, you talk about like having no fear, and I I I'm right with you, I'm right there with you. I think Anthony Edwards have no fear, but I think SGA has even less fear because that boy don't care if it's Wimben Yamba in there. He is going in and he's trying to put him in the rim or he's trying to lay it somehow and he's gonna get yeah. some free time. So yeah, and also think what is your I, favorite part? Sorry, I'm so sorry, Jay. So go ahead, tell me, talk to me. No, no, no. All, all I was going to say was, what is your favorite part of SGA's game? Honestly, I, my favorite part of his game is his, is his footwork. He has a elite, mm. elite footwork, dog. I'm. You would have thought in his past life he was a big. <laughs> you really would have thought yeah. in his past life he was a big. He gets, he gets to the, he gets to that, um, to that like. He gets to the hoop and he stops on a dime and his just his footwork, the way he moves his shoulder, the way he moves his hip, boy, them up fakes and he just goes up and under to the hoop mm-hmm. almost every time. I love SGA and and also out of all three of these guys, I think he's the easiest to build around. To be real with you, out of I Ant agree, and I agree. His versatility, um, like he, I think the more his offensive usage dials up. Just like every other elite player in the league, the more their offensive usage dials up, their defense, they start picking spots to cheat and whatever. But when when they get to the highest leverage moments, can they turn up defensively? And I have no doubts about Shea being able to be accountable on the defensive end uh, when that time comes. But countless times I watch him hit somebody with a step back 
and I watch them fly the other way. And his is so pristine when he steps back and then the jump and he lands in the exact same spot every single time that he jumps. And it's just so it's butter. It is. But I'm like, what? Okay. Hey man, honestly, SGA is a is a hooper's hooper. Like <laughs> they want to talk about yeah. a hooper, that's a hooper's hooper. But <laughs> let's keep it pushing, brother. Start bench cut. Devin Booker, De'Aaron Fox, or Donovan Mitchell. A little bit easier than the last one, but still tough. I'm a. I I hate this, dude. I hate this because I don't like the negative connotation with somebody you're cutting. We can say trade. I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say. I'm gonna cut De'Aaron Fox. Um. Yeah. Okay. I mean, because it's like Booker. Booker. I'm. I. I, I don't even see SGA for for most of what. Um. What a what SGA does. Um. So like Booker. Like I'm not messing with that. And I've never been the biggest Donovan Mitchell fan. I never have been. But watching, especially the last month or so hmm. in Cleveland, he has been putting in work. And while I do not think he's long for Cleveland, uh, yeah, he has been putting that he, backpack. He's been on putting that backpack on one end, walking around Cleveland. <laughs> he has been, um, and that gives me uh, gives me the nod over De'Aaron Fox. But De'Aaron Fox is banging out the three, I think, at a career high, mm-hmm. and he is he is it. He's one A for Sacramento. He's every part of their, you know them not no longer being the laughing stock uh of of the league yep. and i got nothing but real good things to say about him i just donovan mitchell when all the chips is on the table shows up i have no questions about that at all and booker is just a shade below those top three or four guards in the league like he's just like next in line and i got uh he's he's the starter in this group all right jay Here's where the show takes a turn. Here's where the show takes a turn, Jay, because you're right. Like you're right. And and and, and I don't even have the numbers to back this up because the numbers don't back me up. This is a strictly eye test. Okay. But I'm actually going to start De'Aaron Fox. I'm actually going to start De'Aaron mm, Fox. Tonight. And I know okay. that, and I know that's, that, that, that's surprising. Cause it's like, damn, Devin Booker and Donovan Mitchell. And you're right. Donovan Mitchell has been straight backpacking Cleveland the last yeah. couple of months. But, <laughs> The only thing that De'Aaron Fox has over these players is the fact that he's played the most games than, than these guys. But, I mean, scoring-wise, Donovan Mitchell is at 28. Devin Booker is at 28. De, uh, De'Aaron Fox is right there at 27. So it's not like De'Aaron Fox is like yeah, yeah. a wildly worse scorer than uh, than both Booker and Donovan Mitchell. But I honestly, bro, I'm gonna be real. Like maybe this is a because I'm on the on the low. I'm a I'm a I'm a Lakers fan, but on the low, I'm a Kings fan because I'm, I'm over I'm over here in Sacramento. I go to the Sacramento gang, uh, Kings game sometimes. So I, I watched De'Aaron Fox play a lot, and I'm gonna be honest, bro. I actually trust his playmaking ability more than both uh, Donovan Mitchell and Devin Booker. Like, and I know that might sound crazy because this Devin Booker's averaging more assists, Donovan Mitchell's averaging more assists, but. That between Devin Booker and um, I mean between Donovan Mitchell and De'Aaron Fox, the assist difference isn't isn't that big for Devin Booker and De'Aaron Fox. It's a little bit bigger. Devin Booker is averaging seven point two, while De'Aaron Fox is only averaging five. But my thing is, look at his team, and I mean he's been given the point guard responsibility. So you got Kevin Durant with him. I don't think De'Aaron Fox has something like that, but. Dog, I just think I see the way De'Aaron Fox sets up an offense. Like he doesn't even necessarily have to have the ball to play make. He can run that DHO action with Sabonis, that little handoff at the top, and he can play mm-hmm. make off that. Like I don't know. So, so numbers wise, like I'm wrong. So you know the the comment section probably gonna grill me. Whatever, I don't really care. But I, I'm telling yeah. you what I see. This is an eye test, and I'm taking. I'm gonna go ahead and start De'Aaron Fox. This is gonna sound crazy. <laughs> I'm gonna bench Devin Booker and cut Donovan Mitchell, but. I mean, that's where I'm at. That's where I'm at, Jay. I'm not even gonna talk. I don't got numbers to back it up, but that's where I'm at. To each his own, and I and I can't argue that. I guess the the area that I would be with you one thousand percent, except for what I saw from Donovan Mitchell in that series that that him and Jamal Murray went at it, mm. and Man, I was I just it. like, and yeah, and I just and I've seen him time after time like attack the moment yeah and so not that De'Aaron Fox is not capable of it because I think he's hasn't had the same opportunities that 
that Donovan Mitchell has. It's just that because I know that because De'Aaron Fox is so quick, dude. He's so, so quick. Like I'd be afraid to stand in front of him. But um, like, but um, but I, you can't fake what what Donovan Mitchell did. So like, I know he has that. And I'll give you that. I'll yeah. give you that. Yeah. I mean, my, I have no rebuttal points to that, brother. To be honest. But <laughs> all right, let's get into this last one right here. We got Jalen Brunson. Uh, Star Bench Cup. We got Jalen Brunson, Tyrese Halliburton, and Damian Lillard. This isn't fun. This that's not fun. even okay. This ain't not even a good question, dude. It's not, <laughs> but we'll roll with it. Go ahead. <laughs> you first. <laughs> you know why I wanted to throw this in there? Because of the whole all-star dilemma, right? Because of the whole all-star dilemma. Oh, I mean, yeah. You know, that was a good one. That, You're right. Yeah. The, the whole all-star dilemma, I mean, yeah. we know bo- both me and you think Jalen Brunson should have started. You actually swayed me um, a couple of episodes ago. We had mm-hmm. we had talked about that. Yeah. If you haven't checked that episode out, y'all go check that episode out. We have my boy Jason. We was talking about some all-star starters. But um, we decided on Jalen Brunson. So I'm going to go ahead and start with Jalen Brunson. Um, he's played the most games on all three of these guys, averaging the most points on the best three-point percentage, and he's doing this as a number one option. I'm going to go ahead and bench Tyrese Halliburton. Um, because I mean, literally, besides points and games played and three three point percentage, Tyrese Halliburton leads both of these guys in literally every single category. And in my opinion, this is completely subjective. So relax, everybody out there. He plays the most fun brand of bad, bad brand of basketball. Like between those three guys, if I could pick one player to watch, I'd pick Tyrese Halliburton. Very fun to watch. And I'm gonna go ahead and cut Dame because yes, he's putting up big time numbers, but not number one option, and it just doesn't feel the same anymore, bro. Like, I don't know. Like you, you, you tell me. Maybe I'm wrong. Like, I used to watch Damon Portland, and every time he touched the ball, I'm ed, I'm, I'm on the edge of my seat. I'm like, oh, what's going to happen? And I'm just, I just, just don't feel that same way this year. So that's where I'm at with that, brother. And you're starting? I'm starting Brunson. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I was you like, no, no commentary needed. <laughs> <laughs> no commentary needed. Okay. Right. Um, I'm a – switch it a little bit um i'm gonna start tyrese i'm a bench brunson i'm a cut dame and this this actually hurts my soul a little bit you know he's from the bay and like i love everything about dame the only demerit i could possibly give him is he was talking out of both sides of his mouth a little bit towards the end of portland there but everything else i mean he has been a first class first class superstar but um but he is now he's not even a 1b he's a 2a uh to Giannis and this is really more about Tyrese and Jalen Brunson they're just between Mr. Shifty himself uh Jalen Brunson like I just am in, am in a state of shock every time I watch him do work where he's not yeah. the fastest guy he's the damn he's pretty much always the shortest guy and um and he still gets it done and can't nobody stop him from getting anywhere on the court that he wants to be at so that's an easy bench for me um and then tyrese halliburton the brand of basketball you hit it on the the nail on the head um and i think that that he is he is a catalyst for that whole team like i think he multiplies everybody else you put on there and uh i i you can't say enough about him and the sky's the limit now when his three-pointer was like a little sus like Mm -hmm. you're like but when that started hitting at the consistency and the efficiency like now this that that's a game changer that boy like, I think, that boy shoots from the parking lot dog that boy shoots from the <laughs> parking lot dog that is crazy and this shot is so ugly bro his shot yeah, is it so prettiest. It hideous but bro it be rainbow in it <laughs> every time i'm like bro what <laughs> no I, I love i love that bro i'm right there with you yeah. All right, dog. All right. Well, then let's go ahead and keep it pushing. And let's go ahead and get to our next segment, which is the game of the week, my brother. Um, Like I said, we're recapping game. I mean, recapping week 15 from the NBA. Um, So I want to know, brother, if the fans out there, you know, let's say they're busy. Let's say, you know, they're out there working some crazy hours. They don't got the time to sit down and watch games and or they don't maybe got the determination or motivation to go and sit down and watch games like Mm -hmm. how we do. So what I want to ask you, brother, is for a casual out there, if they was just watching, uh, what would be the game of the week that you would tell them to go back and watch this week? You know, for me, um, watching – I don't know. I don't know if you caught any of the Warriors Hawks. Um, mm, shoot, was this last night? 
Was this last night? Steph had 60, right? Yeah, Steph had 60 last night. Yeah. Like, to me, this is like the end of a, a dynasty. This is like watching, like, to a casual fan who says, yeah, the Warriors won four championships out of the last six, seven years, right? Watching that where Steph is putting up 60 and they're fighting and that it just still wasn't enough, right? Like, because I watched that game. And they just put him down, and it was just like it's kind of surreal to watch it, and just it just not be enough to me. I think they could make the right trade. I, we've talked about this before: the right small trade and plug some holes and give it a good go. But, but for the most part, it's just watching them, watching your your I wouldn't say my idol, but like watching watching your uh, superhero just kind of like run out of gas, dude. Yeah. And and that's what and watching that game was like it was like a. a it was bigger than that game because mm-hmm. they were trying and it wasn't enough. So, no, I love that, brother. That was that was gonna be my game. 60? That was 60, 60. <laughs> Come on, y'all. 60 burgers crazy, man. I mean, look, that was gonna be full transparency, Jay. That was gonna be my game, but because you took it, I'm gonna go in a different direction. One of my favorite games that I've seen so far this week is the one that probably flew under the radar for a lot of people. It was the Pelicans versus Spurs. The Pelicans beat the Spurs 114. Mm. 114- Okay, it was the two phenoms, Jay. They went at it, right? It was Zion versus mm-hmm. Wimby. We had the strength of Zion versus the height of Wimby. Great game, Jay. It was 12 lead changes. Spurs got off to an early lead. Devin Vassell had 10 points in that first quarter. Second quarter, both Zion and CJ popped off for 11 points. Third quarter, the Spurs shot a nasty 20% from the, the three-point line, uh, while Brandon Ingram had 12 points just alone himself in that third quarter, which led us up to a great fourth quarter where Zion just absolutely took over, dog. So I'm telling you, I'm telling you guys out there, if you guys don't believe in Zion, if you guys that don't, you know, think that he's going to become a star or whatnot, go watch that game and then come talk to me after that because he took over. He had 14 points and he had the game-winning layup, which I'm actually, for my folks out there on YouTube, I'm about to pop up right here. So I'm about to run that back. Can you see Can you see that there, my brother? Mm-hmm. I can. See that there? All right. Well, let's go ahead and run that run that back here so score okay the score was 112 for the pelicans 113 spurs okay was a is 11 seconds left in the game we see uh i believe it's keldon johnson came down court and just missed the layup we see zion gets the ball gets this outlet look at him look at him look at this it was about three players on him jay it was about three players on him he gets he gets the um the layup off to make it 114-113 with third with uh, three seconds left in the game. So the Spurs have the ball. We know Greg Popovich, one of the greatest coach. We mm-hmm. like, okay, what's he going to draw up? This is what the Spurs do, my brother. They run this play right here. Keldon Johnson, I mean, not, I mean, Devin Fassell, missed. he ends up missing. Uh, I don't know why I froze, but he ends up missing this three right here, okay? But what I want to talk mm-hmm. about is look at how open Wimby was, okay? I'm going to pause it. I'm gonna pause it. And mind you, Wimby's like six, 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 seven, whatever, or only seven foot. Look at this, Jay. Look at this. You mean to tell me? You That's mean to tell me if Devin Vassell doesn't jump up, if he doesn't jump up to, to act like he's taking that three and passes it to Wimby? Wimby's not getting that lob off. Look at that. Mm-hmm. Come on, bro. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong about that, but I think that look at that. Look at look at how wide open Wimby is. You did that little dump off alley. You pass to him. He goes up for that layup. They win this game ends up being a game changer but at the end of the day um it was a great game zion ended up finishing mm-hmm. with 33 cj 21 Brandon ingram 19 and uh it was just fun to see Wimby and uh zion go at it then what's your what what was your takeaway when you see like freak to freak or unicorn to unicorn and you're like because to me when i when i pick out a game of the week you're kind of like extrapolating like what's the What's the what's the playoff precursor? Like, what's the what am I taking away from it? Like, what'd you what'd you what'd you get out of it? You know what I got out of it, Jay? I was watching this game, and I actually even told my girl, I was like, I love the NBA, and I love the fact that, like, <laughs> no, I'm serious. I'm serious. Like, I was yeah, telling, yeah. I told her, I was like, I love the NBA, and I love the fact that, like, I mean, full transparency, bro. I'm I'm I'm, I'm I just turned 25 actually <laughs> early in January. Yeah. Bro, I'm gonna be watching the NBA for the rest of my life. I mean, God willing, I you know I'll stay alive for a long time. Yep. You know that's that's up to the Lord. But like, bro, like I'm 25 and we're watching Zion, who is a freak of nature. Who honestly, Jay, like, when, he, when he gets in the paint, 
ain't nothing nobody could do about it. Like he, we just seen him finish yeah. that layup, game winning layup over three players, and one of them players was Wimby, who's like seven seven, bro, and just out of this world. Honestly, my my biggest takeaway from that game, Jay, was like I love where the NBA is. I just I love where the mm-hmm. NBA is, and I love the direction it's going. And I mean, yeah. I missed the boat because I wish I would have made the league. <laughs> I missed the boat, Jay. <laughs> you did not I missed the boat. The boat. You participating right now as we speak with the pod and, and everything, and I'm right there with you. Like I, like um, like the deeper that I dive into the game, the more like I fall in love with it in different ways. And Wimby is crazy, man. All right, brother. I mean, I think a good way to wrap up this episode is to say that the league is in a damn good spot. I mean, that's what we said at the top when we said, "Wow, there's all these snubs, but there's only 12 roster spots." And then we're ending off the show talking about Zion and Wimby. Uh, so, brother, before we do get out of here, I do want to give you the floor. Is there anything you want to say? Is there anything you want to get off your chest before we uh, wrap up Week 15 recap? Uh, none. Um, I'd like to um, – I just – everybody needs to get excited about the trades. It's, it's not always a blockbuster trade that happens. There is a – there is a – I don't think Bruce Brown was a trade, but there's a Bruce Brown type of impact out there on the next championship team. And uh, and I'm looking out for that at the trade deadline. Like like, what are these? Somebody in the top eight to ten teams in the league who makes that little that low key power move that uh, that really tops them off. And so uh, should be an exciting week. And then um, I'm gonna probably I mean you, this is my Twitter handle, but you'll see the links. I, I like to shoot hot takes, controversial stuff way early in advance. And so anybody who wants to smoke, come at me on Twitter, and uh, and I love to talk hoops all day. Um, Man, I gotta give as long as you coherent. No, no, I was gonna say I I gotta give a warning to the fans though, Jay. I I I can't send a casual your way because you're gonna send them back crying, Jay. So (laughs) so if you if you're gonna come at Jay, y'all, y'all better come correct. Y'all better have your numbers there, y'all better have your analytics because he got it, he got it, man. He got it. (laughs) Appreciate it. All right, all right, dog. Well, for the family out there, y'all know what it is, man. Uh want to check out Jay. Link to links will be description down below. Um, for me, for us. We gonna keep it rolling, man. Week fifteen NBA. Uh, I love y'all. Love y'all. That y'all, y'all be y'all, y'all be tuning in. Appreciate all of you guys. Um, y'all is the reason why we really we, we keep this thing going, keep this thing pushing, and the love for the league, love for basketball. Um, appreciate you, James Naismith, and um, and yeah, man. I mean, for me, like, comment, subscribe, and for now, I'm out of here, y'all. Peace.